Before you sit down, stand with me. Let me read you something from the book of Daniel, chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, and uh, they called him Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning and fasting for three weeks. Sound familiar? This is verse 12. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, your words were heard. I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. So, my subject today is, sorry I'm late, traffic was terrible. God bless you, you may be seated. Pastor John is teaching growth track and uh, Draylen's out of town and uh, Kento's with the young people on retreat and Pastor Mike had a pipe break in his house so he's uh, mopping up so I, uh, I'm um, doing this without them. I did it for years without them but it sure is nice to have them but got great people supporting me in the sound and Lauren and all this other wonderful group of people, grateful for all of them and grateful for all of you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for uh, all you've done. And as uh, uh, was mentioned, if you know, you, you consider yourself a member of this church. I, 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 um, Roosevelt used to have something in the Second World War when it, when it broke out. They called it a fireside chat. He'd just sit down and talk to people. That's a, we'll have, we'll give you business details of, of the church and that, but, but I want to do more than that. I'd just like to sit down and have a little chat with you and explain to you where we are in our process with the, the, the new building and uh, where we need to go and just make and keep you aware of that. So hope you can come. God bless you. There are so many times in the Bible where you have to keep reading can't stop. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. There's been so many times in my life where I just assumed um, the answer to my prayer, the answer to every prayer was yes. <laughs> uh, recently, I taught you a, about a word, Abba, Abba. And um, there's two verses that really um, got me on this track years ago. Romans 8 and 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. There's another one in Galatians 4. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit 
of his son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. I thought, wrongly, those were the only two. And so, poking around, and I found something which I thought was kind of cute. And uh, so I repeated it, you know. Best way to translate Abba is Daddy. You know, it, it technically means father, but it, it's kind of like a term of endearment. You know, father is for what you publicly, this is my father. But when it's just you and him alone, it's daddy, you know. And then um, I realized there was a third verse, and that's the one in Mark. Mark is the only one that describes it. And he said, Abba, Father. All things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. And that's when I really feel like I was able to figure it out. It's, it's much more than daddy. Uh, when you have a relationship with the Lord of Abba, it, it's I submit my will to you. Not my will, thine be done. And uh, you know, the, there's, a, there's a scripture. This is 2 Corinthians 12 and 8. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, thrice, that it might depart from me. This is referring to the mysterious thorn. We don't know what the thorn was. I always thought it was his vision. One place in one of the uh, letters that he wrote, Paul said... I'm writing this with my own hand. See how large a letter I write. And it's not talking about how long it was, but rather how big the actual letters were as he was writing. I always thought it may be side effect from the light in Acts chapter 9. I don't know what the thorn was. What I do know is when you study the words in Corinthians 12 and 8, it's not just three Prayers. It's three seasons of prayer. Three times in his life. He, he, it, it, I don't know what it is. He wanted it gone. The answer was, came back very simple. No. <laughs> no. And uh, Corinthians, the next verse, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And uh, so he said, okay, if I'm going to glory, I guess I'll glory in my infirmities that Christ may, uh, you know, be glorified. Which, which brings me to this verse that I've read to you. There's no temptation taken you, such as common to man. God is faithful, who will with the temptation make a way of escape. Most people stop there. It's not where it ends. That you may be able to bear it. Because to me, an escape is you get away from it, or you get away with it, Whatever. Sometimes he'll leave you in the fire so that others will see him. That's what the king said. Didn't we throw three guys in there? I think I see four. Apparently the three that were in there never saw the fourth one, but the others looking from the outside in did. (laughs) I've said it for years, you know. He said, hey, come outside. I wish those guys would have said, no, how about you coming in here? You know, you, you created this fire. Get your rear off that throne and come in here. Let's see how you can handle it, you know. And uh, the Lord left them in the fire. 
but he provided a way of escape so that they could bear it. He left Daniel in the lion's den, but he made him a way of escape so that he could be there and bear it so that he could be glorified. And, and, and you know, it, it's just his idea of escape is, is not you and me always getting out of something. But his idea is being right there with us as we go through the thing together. Watch, who will with the temptation, which means when something difficult comes into our life, it never comes as a solo act. It's a duet. Something God sent is coming with it. And, and my dad showed me this years ago. King, 1 Kings 10 and 7. Howbeit I believe not the words until I came and my eyes had seen it and behold the half was not told me. This is the Queen of Sheba. Probably modern day Yemen. She, she, she travels at least 800 miles. No limo, no, no Learjet, uh, either being carried by servants or riding more likely on some type of animal. Average length back then per day was 20 miles, 800 miles, 40 days, one way. Just to get the answer to a riddle. And when you read this 1 Kings 10. It's pretty amazing. Solomon's got this throne. It's made out of ivory, which would have been enough. It wouldn't be real comfortable sitting on an ivory throne, but it would be impressive. And it's overlaid with gold. The armrest of his throne are lions. Ivory overlaid with gold. Six steps going up to his throne. Ivory covered with gold. It's impressive. Said he had 666 talents, which, however you do the math, it's, it's billions. Um, it said he had peacocks and apes. <laughs> and I always wonder, what's, what's the apes for? The best explanation I ever found is they were like pit bulls. They were like guards because you couldn't bribe an ape with money. Maybe a banana, but... Uh, <laughs> so think, you know, no, 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 no Facebook back then. So think how the rumor mill, which was still very intact back then as it is today, by the time it gets to the Queen of Sheba, hundreds of miles away, man, it, who knows, you know, like the one-eyed guy, one-armed guy said, I caught a fish this big. You know, it's just... <laughs> And so she comes to get the answer to some riddles. She said, I, I didn't believe what them people said. It's like, there's no way the guy's got this much money and all these wild birds and all these chimps. And, and, but she said, I saw it. And she said, then the half was not told me. But look at the next verse. Happy are thy servants. Happy are thy cupbearers. Trust me, she'd heard about the apes. She'd heard about the peacocks and all the ivory and the gold and all that stuff. 
what no one ever thought to tell her was, them people are happy that serve that king. Pentecost, the world's heard about your tongue talking. Trust me, they've heard about your tongue talking. The holy rollers, they've heard it all. What nobody really thought to tell the world was, we're having a good time. I'm enjoying serving the king. I'm enjoying serving the king. (laughs) Now I know, this is Isaiah 55 and 8, his his ways aren't our ways, his thoughts aren't our thoughts. And if, if that's all you ever read, you'd say, forget it, why even try? I mean, there's just no way. But listen to this verse in Psalms 103, verse 7. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. You've got to understand, for 150 years, these people have laid bricks and have kids. That's it. When they go out of Egypt, there's a, I, I, off the top of my head, it's like Exodus 17. Then cometh Amalek. Okay? It's a fascinating study in the scripture. Because you have to go back to Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau, it appears reconciled. Fell on one another's neck. Everything looks good. But if you study Genesis closely, Esau had a boy named Eliphaz. Eliphaz had a boy named Amalek. The Amalekites were Israel's cousins. And when they come out of Egypt, guess who the first battle they fight is with? Their own family, their own kin. And you've got to understand, these people, they've not been trained in war. These are masons. These are builders. They're in this battle. Moses gets Joshua. Hey, do the best you can, man. You've got to, whatever. Find some guys with some hoes and some shovels and whatever. We're in, we're in a battle here. But God makes his ways known to Moses. Hands go up, they're winning. Hands start to fall. It says, he grew weary. His brother, a guy that we're very familiar with by the name of Aaron, grabs one arm. There's another mystical guy, his name is Her. I have a friend that I went to Bible school with named Ronnie Lacombe. Ronnie Lacombe preached a great message one time at a men's conference, and its title was, Her Who Was a Him. (laughs) Aaron's on one side, hers on the other. They keep Moses' hands up. Because apparently they made the connection. Hands up, we win. Hands down, we lose. All Israel could see was, we're winning, we're not winning. We're winning, we're losing. They saw what was happening. They saw the acts. They didn't understand what was going on. They didn't understand the ways. But God made his ways known to Moses. And if God can make his ways known to Moses, he can make his ways known to Harold. He can make his ways known to you. 
And, 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 and I, I know, I know, his thoughts aren't my thoughts. However, in Philippians 2 and 9, Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In fact, I found another verse in 1 Corinthians 2 and 16, and he said, we, not me, not I, we have the mind of Christ. Watch. You ever heard this verse? I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered in the heart of man the things with God have prepared for him. Don't stop there. Keep reading. Here's the next verse. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. <laughs> this is maybe the best verse. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. While we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. One, I think it's the message said, there's far more here than meets the eye. Look at what it says. We look at things which are not seen. I, I saw it last night. I couldn't sleep, so I figure it's playoff time, got to be a football game on. So I find a football game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. By the time I'm there, it's not even halftime. Los Angeles is winning 21 to nothing. The other guy, Trevor Lawrence, keeps throwing interceptions. I just know it's over. But I'm bored, so I just keep watching. And I listen to this guy named Tony Dungy. Dungy's a football commentator. And they said, what, what would you do if you were down 21 nothing?" And, and I think Joey told me it was 27 nothing. And uh, Tony Dungy said, well, I, I told our, I was in a similar experience one time. I told our team, we're down three quarters at the half. <laughs> and uh, he says, uh, when we come back out, we're going to have to stop them and then get a touchdown. So I said, yeah, right, sure, big fat chance of that. All of a sudden, they stop the opposing team. They get a touchdown. All of a sudden, at the bottom of the little screen, it said, Jacksonville has an 18% chance of winning this football game. Well, guess what? They won. And I'm watching this guy throwing these touchdowns. I I'm in Michigan. This is in Jacksonville. I saw it. It's called momentum. I, I can't say, look, see what I got in my hand right here? This is a big bunch of momentum. You know, out in the lobby, we got a big box of momentum. I saw it. You can't see it with physical eyes, but I saw it. And there are things like that in the spirit. That's what Paul said. We look at stuff which most people can't see. Jesus said, there are people that have eyes can't see. People that have ears can't hear. Do you know that for every sense you have in the flesh, God gave you a twin in your spirit? Eyes, nose, tongue, ears, sense of touch. Listen to this verse. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He that hath... 
ears, you know. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Ephesians 1 and 18, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Scripture says, if you can't feel him, feel after him. And what's, so many people are trying to answer spiritual hungers with flesh. It's driving a square peg in a round hole. It won't fit. You're, you're going to have to see something else here. You know, there's a place in the Bible, uh, in one of the minor prophets, where the Lord said, I will no longer smell when you have church. I will no longer smell in your assembly. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? And then I studied Leviticus. And in Leviticus, the first five chapters, you have these offerings. Burn offering, peace offering, sin offering, trespass offering. And, and, I, and I realized three of those offerings were mandatory. If you sinned, you had to, you had to offer a, a sin offering. But there's something known as a peace offering. And, and that it, it wasn't mandatory. It was voluntary. And it's called a sweet savor. Which means it smells good. Do you know there's not one verse in the Bible? Not one verse could I ever find where, where anybody can try to convince David to fight Goliath. He just said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And his brother said, will you just shut up and go back to them sheep that you left? There's a story about Abraham's son, Isaac, and he sends a servant to get a bride for Isaac. And he's going, how in the world am I going to know who, who, who she is? And he said, okay, Lord, this is what I'll do. Whoever offers to water my camels, that's the girl. Because it's one thing to water a horse, but a camel apparently that dude can drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. And they go into this land and all of a sudden this girl comes up there and she says, would you like something to drink? And he said, yes, I would. And then she says, she don't even know what she's doing. Would you like me to water your camels? Did you ever watch that America's Most Talented or whatever? When they hit that buzzer and all that ticker tape starts, you know, you won. That girl didn't know it. She won. She got the brass buzzer. The gold buzzer. It's like a ticker tape parade. G.T. Haywood years ago wrote a song called Light at Evening. And one of the verses said, Long ago when maids drew water, in the evening time they say, one day Isaac sent his servant to find Rebecca on her way. My master sent me here to tell thee, see these jewels rich and rare, wouldst thou not his lovely bride be? in that country over there. She had no idea. You know someone in Maine won the Powerball lottery last week? $1.3 billion. Didn't have a clue. One point, that's a lot of zeros, ladies and gentlemen. After taxes, you could still eke out a bare existence on that. Here's a woman that has no idea what she's saying. Would you like me to water your camels? What are you saying? Sweet savor is voluntary. It smells good. And the Lord is saying, your church stinks. There's too much of you in that church. It's all about me and mine and ours. 
It's not about his. He said, I'm not going to ever smell when you have church anymore because the wrong scent is coming out of that congregation. When we come together, the, the, the Bible said it ought to be as the evening sacrifice. There ought to be an aroma that comes out of this place right now that the Lord goes, yeah, that's what I'm looking for right there. That's what I'm looking for right there. And I, this, this, this fascinates me. And, and I'm, I'm really teasing you today because I really don't know where oh, I'm going with that. But, but this keeps saying this to me. That you can look at things which are not seen. It's just one of, the, one of the greatest secrets of the Second World War was just recently declassified. There's a place that they still, it's still there in England. It's known as Bletchley Park. Bletchley Park just looks like a um, kind of a fancy house. But it housed uh, mathematicians, scientists, because the Germans had this thing called an Enigma machine. And I'm sure Matthew's probably got a picture of it behind me right now. There's three wheels. See these over here, these three wheels. There's, there's, see, there's 26 numbers on each wheel. And that corresponds to the 26 letters that are in our alphabet. And then it's got a keyboard over here uh, where, you know, that, that that's, the second was, it was light up. So they would take these, every morning the German command would send a message to their commanders, set your wheels at this setting. So every morning they set these wheels different. So you push on a button. This is, you know, this is your, your, your basic keyboard. You push A over here and these sprockets go. And all of a sudden you pushed A, but when it puts it out, it might be Z. And, and then when you push A again, it wouldn't be Z, it would be Q. And there is, so... Look, look, look at this number that Matthew's going to put up on the screen here one night. 158 quintillion, 662 quadrillion, 555 trillion, 217 billion, 826 million, 360,000 combinations are possible with this machine. 158 quintillion. They knew nobody could break it. Wrong. These scientists at this place called Bletchley Park cracked the Enigma code. And the, the, re, the way they cracked it was they knew because Hitler was such a megalomaniac, they'd all go, hi, Hitler. So they knew that every one of these, these, these messages being sent out somewhere in the beginning was saying, Hi, Hitler. So that's how they figured it out. That's where it started. And, and here is, when you read Churchill's diaries, Churchill said there was only one thing in the Second World War that scared him, submarines. Because Britain is an island and everything has to be brought there on ships. So there's this guy named Carl Dürnitz. He's the commander of the submarine fleet. He asked Hitler for 300 submarines. He said, if you'll give me 300 submarines, 
I'll give you Europe. Hitler gave him 27 submarines. If you study World War history, there's these two amazing ships, the Bismarck and the Tirpitz. Hitler built the two, there's only one ship ever been bigger. It's called the Yamamoto that, that, that Japan had in the Second War. But Hitler had these two ships, the, 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 the Bismarck and the Tirpitz. They were twins. They could shoot a shell that weighed a ton, 23 miles. 23 miles is over the horizon. They, they, they could kill a ship that didn't even see them. <laughs> it could shoot a shell over the horizon and obliterate. In fact, Britain had this ship that they were, that was the pride of, you ever heard that phrase, the sun never sets on a Union Jack? Have you ever heard that phrase? The Union Jack is the British flag. Well, Britain had protectorates and commonwealths all over the world. So it didn't matter where it was, somewhere in the world, the sun was shining on something that Britain controlled. And the reason was because of their navy. And they were so proud of their navy. And, and, and in the early 30s, they had this ship called the Mighty Hood. And it, and it was just, it was their pride and joy, the Mighty Hood. When Hitler launched the Bismarck, it destroyed the hood in eight minutes. Just broke it into a million pieces. So they did everything they could. My point is, if Hitler, if Hitler spent who knows how many Reichsmarks on these two ships, the, 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 the Bismarck never even made it back from its first launching. They bombed it and sunk it. The Tirpitz ended up in a fjord up in Norway, and they called it the Beast, and, and they sunk it. So they never really did the damage. If they could have gotten loose on the open water, buddy, they would have messed up these convoys. But they, they were able to sink both. My point is, if, if, if Hitler would have taken the millions and millions and millions of Reichsmarks that he spent on these two ships and put them in the submarines, the World War two might have ended differently. And, and, and every morning they would send out these messages to these submarines. And so Britain has got this quandary. They know where every submarine is every day. And so they got to be very careful which ones they bomb because if they bomb them all at the same time, they're going to know somebody got the family jewels. Somebody figured out our Enigma machine. Somebody got the code. Well, there's an analogy to that in the Bible. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6. The king of Syria hates Israel. And God keeps talking to Elisha and tells Elisha what Syria is going to do. And so Elisha goes to the king of Israel and tells him. If you read 2 Kings 6 and 10, it said, not once, not twice. This is not a one-time deal. This is going on again and again and again. He's thwarting the efforts of the Syrian king. It's so bad that the Syrian king is getting ready to kill his most trusted advisors because he's convinced he's got a double agent. Somebody's ratting him out. So he brings all his guys together and they say, look, man, it ain't us. It's the preacher. He's telling the king everything you're going to do. In, in, in 2 Kings 6 and 12, he said, Elisha even knows what you say in your bedroom. 
It's, it's the earliest example I can find in the Bible of a phone tap. It's just, it's just, this, it's just God gave Elisha a direct line. He gave him the, the enigma codes, man. And, 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 and he's right in the Syrian boardroom. And the king gets so frightened that he sends an army to this little no-account town named Dothan. Dothan, if you read the Bible, it's just a, a really small place. But they got one really famous guy that lives there, the preacher, Elisha. And, and so listen, listen to this. It said, Therefore sent he thither horses, chariots, and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city. <laughs> this, this, this is infantry and horsemen and chariots. This is an army to come get to prophet. And, and the prophet's servant wakes up in the morning to make him coffee and bagels. And all of a sudden, he opens up the window and he goes, oh! And he runs to Elisha and he said, boss, boss, we're... We're in deep trouble here. Look. And this is what Elisha said. Lord, open his eyes. He said, because those that are with us are more than those that are against us. And the Bible said when the servant's eyes were open, he saw all around them were fiery chariots. And it's like, Let's go, boss. No problem. And he had all this courage now because he saw and was able to look at something which you can't see. <laughs> it's just, I, sister, sister, uh, uh, I got brain cramps right now. Uh, Phil, uh, uh, anyway, there's a precious lady that goes to this church that gave me a book recently. So I've been reading, I found these two verses. Sister Heppel, thank you. Here's Romans 9 and 29. And Isaiah said before, except the Lord, I always thought it was Sabbath, but it's not Sabbath. It's Sabbath. Even the Lord of Sabbath have left us a seed. We had been as Sodoma and been made like unto Gomorrah. Here's James 5 and 4. Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. And I'm going, wow, what does this mean? 285 times in the Bible, he is referred to as the Lord of hosts. But two times in the Bible, he's referred to as the Lord of Sabaoth. You know what it means? The Lord of the angel armies. Angel armies. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, those that are with us are more than those that are against us. We serve a Lord who has armies of angels. In fact, Hebrews said innumerable 
company. I like that word company. That's a military term. Company of angels. So here's Daniel 10. Daniel goes on a three-week fast. It's the beginning of the year. Well, not really. Matthew, you give him the verse. It's this, is it chapter 10? When I, Daniel, understood by the books, chapter 9, the number of the years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years. And Daniel is in Babylon in captivity. He has access to the book of Jeremiah. Matthew will show you exactly what Daniel was reading while he was in captivity. These nations are going to serve the king of Babylon 70 years. So Daniel starts doing the math. 68, we were there. 69, we were over here. This is the 70th year. And Jeremiah prophesied after 70 years, it's over. So Daniel knows exactly what God's going to do. But look what it says in Daniel 9 and verse 3. He said, I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer, supplication. Supplication means strong crying and tears. Fasting. Sackcloth. I made myself very uncomfortable. Here's my question. Why are you doing all this? You already know what God's going to do. Daniel is saying then and now to us, I'm not content to just know what God intends to do. I'm going to be involved. I want to be a part of the deliverance. Never forget, at the beginning of last year, Brother Morgan came here and asked us a question. Do you just want to be a word church? Or do you want to be a glorious church? Because glory is a display of the power of God. And it said the word was made flesh. And we beheld his glory. I've given my life, ladies and gentlemen, to study in that Bible. I don't want this just to be a Bible church. I don't want this just to be a word church. He's not coming back for a Bible church. He's coming back for a glorious church. That doesn't have spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. Are you content just to sit in this church and listen to your pastor preach about what God intends to do? Or would you rather continue to join us? Because here's my question. Man, 21 days this guy fasts. And after 21 days, this angel comes up to him and says, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic was really bad. I tried to get here. The first day that you started to pray, God sent me to you with your answer. However, the prince of Persia, the real prince of Persia at that time was a guy named Cyrus. But it's obvious that demonic forces were aligned with the king of Persia. Not the king of Persia, the prince. There's a prince in alliance with a king. And, 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 and this angel said, the prince, the demonic force of Persia withstood me. But he said, traffic was heavy. I couldn't get, but my pal, Michael, came and, and made a way 
for me to get through the confusion and get here and I've got your answer. And I think that's where we are in this world. And it, traffic's crazy right now, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of voices yelling at us. There's a lot of people telling us what to do, what not to do. For God's sakes, everything's going to kill you. I just heard last week, don't use mouthwash anymore because mouthwash gives you Alzheimer's. And my wife said, I'm using mouthwash whether it gives me Alzheimer's or not. You know? It's just... <laughs> There's all these voices and everything screaming and yelling at us. But here's my question. What would have happened if Daniel would have stopped on day 19? What would have happened if he stopped too short? Let's continue praying. Let's continue seeking the Lord. Let's not stop. Stand with me. Stand with me. See, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convinced there's stuff that we'll be able to see that nobody else can see. I can't see momentum, but it's real. I saw it yesterday. I can, I've, do you know there's a verse that says, that, that, uh, that Paul, Paul wrote about it. He talked about um, the unity of the spirit. And, and it came to me years ago. There's something called the spirit of unity. Football teams have the spirit of unity. But that's not what Paul talked about. Paul talked about, Paul talked about the unity of the spirit. There's a oneness that can only come from his presence. That's why Jesus said, I'm praying that they'd be one just like we're one. And when you get that kind of oneness and that kind of unit integrity in a church, hot dog. Hot dog. How many, raise your hand. How many of you have prayed with me for Ann and Mark Curtis in the last year? <laughs> I saw them Monday in prayer meeting. Right there. I saw them. I saw them. All this chemotherapy, all this radiation. I even told people, look, I know you're a slobbering church. I know you want to hug them. I know you want to shake. But don't do that. Just, stay, just keep four or five feet away from them and say, man, it's great to see you. Blah. I turned around, here's Anna Mark hugging everybody, you know, shaking hands. No deadly thing, you know, honey. Just like, and I'm, I'm watching this, and I start bawling like that. I remembered what I felt when I, I came together with you after COVID. And after all them weeks of preaching up here all by myself, or except just a couple singers and one or two people back in the sound, I remember the day when we came back together as a church after COVID. I, 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 it's why I've said such reverence and respect for brother and sister Perry and for Chris and Sasa. I mean, this is two years, man. They weren't able to come across that stupid river down there. But I saw Mark and Ann who, who right now are in their living room standing. They don't sit. They stand like they're in church in their living room. I saw them in prayer meeting Monday and they're crying and I'm crying. And if you were there, you were crying. It was like, I saw that prayed again and again and again ask and it shall be given seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you he that hath made the eye can he not see he that hath made the ear can he not hear his arm is never shortened that it cannot save greater is he 
that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater are those that are with us than those that are against us. Greater things than these shall you do because the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Keep on praying. Keep on interceding. Supplication. Strong crier. Tears. Stay in that book. Why? I am convinced there's an answer comes our way. Come with me. Come with me around the altar. Come clapping. Come, 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 come rejoicing. In the name of Jesus. I get texts every week. There are people watching us. They call it remote viewing. They're watching us right now. Sick. Can't come to church. The first service here this morning, Alice Adams was here. Came up and brought me a picture. Pastor, I just came back. I, 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 I'm cancer free for 10 years. I am cancer free. This Bob, I don't know if Bob Lickle's in this service. I know I saw him at the first one. Are you here, Bob? He, but he was here in the first service. There was a, a quack, a doctor who was prescribing radiation to people who didn't have cancer so that he could charge the insurance companies. He's in prison for the rest of his life. Guess who one of his patients was? Alice Adams. She was here this morning. Here. I saw it. It's not something I fantasize. It's something that I wish for. My faith had evidence this morning. What is it that you're praying for? What is it that you're standing by? I, I, I found this verse. I, I, I gotta, I'm, I'm on to something. And I, I really don't understand what, what I'm, I'm on to. But, but I, I found this. Listen to what. Remember me talking to you last week about three dimensions and a fourth dimension called time listen to this verse i found this week in study that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth the length the depth and the height whoa wait a minute wait whoa whoa i'm not telling you paul was an astrophysicist but what i'm telling you in ephesians 3 and 18 he gave four dimensions not three think of a tire you're driving down the road and you've got a tire, not a wheel, but not a rim, just a tire. And the, your tire drops out of your truck and it hits the road when you're going 40 miles an hour. And all of a sudden a round tire squashes and turns into an oval, you know, and then it bounces up in the air and it's a circle again and hits the ground again and it's squashed. This is what time is all about. Time can be lengthened. Time can be shortened. You say, I don't believe that. Well, would you believe this? He can make a thousand years into one day. He can shorten time. He can turn a day into a thousand years. He can lengthen time. Oh, Pastor Robin, you I don't know how long it's going to take for my boy to ever be in the kingdom. Of, ah, look what we're serving right now. We serve a God that can take years, years of repentance. Bam, and squash it down. All it takes is once. I got, I got, I don't know. It's, I'll get a weird mind, I guess. But I, I was in Colombia, and, and it was beautiful. I mean, just drop dead beautiful. And the Colombians said this to me. God made our country so beautiful. That's why we've had robbers and crooks and terrible people. Because our country is so beautiful, God had to balance it out with terrible people. And so in the 50s, Colombia went through something called the violencia. It was civil war, what it is. It was the birthplace of, of, of the first narco-terrorist, a guy 
by the name of Pablo Escobar. Escobar, we, they don't know how much money he was worth. They do know he spent $25,000 a week on rubber bands just to be able to put his $100 bills together. One time he spent $3 million in $100 bills because the, the gas went out in their house and he burned $100 bills to keep his little girl warm. They finally caught him. Guy from West Virginia was one of the guys that caught him. And this is what he said. Pablo had to get it right every time. All we had to do was get it right one time. And we were going to catch him. And when he said that to me, it was like, I get it. <laughs> you just got to get it right one time, ladies and gentlemen. Just one time. I'm telling you, one real time of repentance can change your life. One real time of legitimate prayer and intercession can change your marriage. It can change the direction of your family. It, we're like safe crackers, you know? Eight to the left, nine to the right, trying to get them tumblers. That's what you do when you pray. Oh, I'm trying to find open sesame. I'm trying to find the secret to get into the, the throne room. The Bible said, come, come boldly. Come boldly into the throne in the time of need. That's, that's when we're ashamed and we don't want to come. Don't come with arrogance, but come with confidence that he'll hear you. He'll hear you. Can you see what can't be seen? Have you stopped reading too soon? I'm telling you, we can have the mind of Christ. We can see it here. The Bible said he loves to take the weak and confound the mighty. He loves, he loves to take the simple and confound the wise. So let's freely admit, there ain't nobody more simple than us. There's no one weaker than us. Because <laughs> when we're weak, he can be strong. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands right now. Lord Jesus. I don't know the far-reaching ramifications of what I'm talking about right now. But I believe I serve a timeless God. I do not believe you're limited to 24 hours. I believe that you're timeless. I believe you're the I am. I believe you're the I am. Your Bible talks about it. It starts with I am, but it doesn't end with I am. It ends with Jesus. So in the beginning, it's I, but in the end, it's us. You said the spirit and the bride are going to sing a duet and say, come. And so, Lord, we're trying to get behind the microphone right now and trying to sing, sing the song. Sing the song, God. Amen. To be in harmony with the Holy Ghost right now. To make a melody. To welcome people into the kingdom. Come, 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 come. Don't stay away. Don't let your pride destroy you. Oh, 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 hear the word of the Lord today. If you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord, be baptized today. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to have that now. If you've never been submitted, get submitted. If you've never had a prayer life, start one now. If you've never been on a love affair with the Bible, start reading that word. Get in there. Get in. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. You might feel led to pray for somebody right now. You're in the house of the Lord. You've just heard the word of the Lord. You're feeling the presence of the Lord. You think that's you? You think that's Satan? Absolutely not. If God would prompt you to pray.
pray for someone right now. That's of the Holy Ghost. Let this mind be in you. That was in Christ Jesus. Start seeing it the way he sees it. Start hearing it the way he hears it. You don't have to be confused. You don't have to be confused. Amen. Amen. There's a clear sound. Trumpet to give a certain sound right now. In the name of Jesus. Bless my brother. Let's pray before Lord. Bless my brother. Bless my sister right now. Oh God. I pray for their family. Do I have my hands on someone who's got a lost son? Who's got a lost daughter? They're not dead, they're lost. Amen. They can't find their way. I'm asking you. God, a direction coming to their lives right now. Right while I'm praying. Right while I'm praying. I want to look at things which are not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. The very fact that I'm here, the very fact that we're praying right now, the fact that we're praying in faith to the one almighty true God, that's evidence. Not that something's going to happen, but that something has. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus name. Jesus name. Oh yeah. You sense that? Do you see that? Do you feel that? I do. It's in this room right now. That's heaven, man. That's heaven. That's a God thing that's going on right here around this altar. That's Holy Ghost power. That's what that is. That's transformation. Amen. That's restoration. That's restitution. Getting back something you thought you're never going to have again. Here it is. Available to you today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, Lord of Sabbath. Lord of angel armies. Ministering spirits. Heirs of salvation. You said that angels camp around them that fear you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord. I pray for Virginia Schaefer right now. I ask you, God, to expedite the mending of her hip. That woman doesn't miss church. She's miserable right now. She'd rather be in church. I'm asking you, God, defy the odds. Stitch and knit and mend that hip back together. And allow that precious gray-haired mother in Israel to be back in this house again with us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. My phone, my phone rang yesterday while I was in the car with Renee. It was Brother Trentacost from Louisiana. Hello, Brother Hoffman. I just wanted to call and let you know they let Melinda go home two weeks early. Everything mended up quicker than it was supposed to. He said, now they got a nice house. He said, we're back in our double wide and we're having a big old time. And it was just, it was just fun just to listen to him talk. Just, we prayed for that. How many months, how many months have we prayed? She's got a brand new kidney. She got a brand new liver. He's got heart all mended and repaired. Oh, Jesus. And guess what they need? They need a building. They need a building. They're out of room. And I said, buddy, we're identical twins separated at birth. That's what you and me are. 
This just seemed like our career and our ministry paths. Have, well, I won't say they're similar because I didn't need a kidney and my wife didn't need a liver. So I don't want nothing to do with that. But. <laughs> we prayed for Joanne Mitchell and Brother Dan Mitchell. She texted Renee and I last week. We just came from the doctor. They've released us. No cancer anywhere to be found. I'm cancer free. My husband's heart is working as good as can be. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, I told you this. When they let the man down through the roof and he said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And all those Pharisees said, only God can forgive sins. You're right, dummy. That's the answer to your question. That's who's in front of you right now. Watch. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. I say rise, take up your bed and walk. We are being surrounded with an enormous witness of physical healings right now in this church and things that we have prayed for. But that's not where you put a period. That's where you put a comma. Jesus said, the reason I heal somebody's body is to prove to you, I'm going to do something in the spirit. I'm going to wash away sins. That's where we are. What a way to start a year. <laughs> I'm tingling. I'm so excited. <laughs> Greet one another. Say something good to one another. Amen. I'll see you here tomorrow night in prayer. To those of you watching us remotely, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us. God bless every one of you. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great week. In Jesus' name. If you're watching us remotely, would you send us a, a, a prayer request or send us a testimony of something that you've seen or in your family or in your circle of influence where God's done a miracle? Would you send that to us right now so we can broadcast that? Who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The reason God reveals his arm is because people choose to believe the report of healings and miracles. So let's broadcast the report and let's let God show up and show off, right? I love you. Boy, what a great day to serve the Lord. What a great day to be in his house. Amen. I love every one of you. Good night. Good day.